Hello, everybody. This is Shadow Valley. And for today's episode, let me start off with a story. It is September 2001. You are on your way to work and you stop to pick up the mail. You then proceed to go to your office and you sit down at your desk. And as you're opening the mail, you find a white powdery substance in one of them. You don't think anything of it at the time, and you just continue on with your day. And over the next few days, you begin to experience a lot of pain in your chest or just in your muscles. You begin to notice a lot of blisters, dark scabs, small bumps, or ulcers on your skin. You are running a fever, and you have this cough that just won't go away. Little did you know, when you opened that letter, you infected yourself with anthrax. And that little mistake right there of not seeking attention or raising a red flag right away is what ultimately cost you your life. to talk about today is the 2001 terror attacks um, just a week after 9-11. And these were done um, using anthrax uh, in the mail. And so you had this guy or this individual, um, we'll get into that a little bit later about how the FBI claims they had one guy and they, they got the guy who was doing this. Um, but you'll see as we go on to it, the evidence, the quote-unquote evidence, is not necessarily consistent with what they are claiming. Um, so what I'd like to kind of dive into first is just a general overview of what kind of happened. So for just some contacts... The anthrax attacks began just a week after the September 11th attacks. Um, the attacks came in two waves. The first set of letters containing anthrax um, had a Trenton, New Jersey postmark dated September 18th, 2001. Five letters are believed to have been mailed um, at this time to ABC News, CBS News, NBC News, and the New York Post, all located in New York City. Um, not too far from the World Trade Center. It should also be known that there were several victims um, from these attacks. The first known victim is Robert Stevens. Uh, he worked at the Sun Tabloid, and he ended up catching... Well, not even just catching. He ended up receiving the letter. He opened it, got infected with... Um, anthrax and when he ended up dying the government didn't at first realize it was like a letter that he ended up getting or traced it to that they started claiming that he uh, he ended up catching anthrax just through the wild he was just hiking and they didn't really know much about him but they just kind of assumed that he went out hiking or he went out somewhere in like the wilderness and end up catching like anthrax that way huh um, <clears throat> just to uh, just to chime in real quick this is gabe by the way um i was in the last episode 
but forgive my ignorance, what is anthrax? So anthrax is actually a bacteria. Um, and like if left untreated with like antibiotics and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, can cause some serious like issues. The, the thing about anthrax that's really interesting is bacteria can like multiply and do things outside of the cell, right? They can um, kind of live on a surface for X amount of hours or sometimes some bacteria can live for days. Right. Um, but with anthrax, in order to survive and to keep going and even to reproduce, it relies on actually killing people. Oh, wow. And so it's this super like virulent um, bacteria that can spread really quickly and it kills really quickly as well. Um, and that's how it reproduces. It just gets back into the environment and then goes out. Goes to again. another host. Exactly. Okay. So is that so is it considered like a like a symbiotic relationship? Or no? Because symbiotic you get from the host, right? It's like a give and take. Right. So what would it, is it just like a it's a parasitic disease. Parasitic. Wow. Hmm. Spooky stuff, huh? It's miserable. So, <laughs> and how does it come in a powder if it's like a do they put it I don't know if you know, but um, well, in this case, what they ended up finding out was the, um, the powdery substance was synthesized from just a regular, like anthrax thing. It was made huh. in a lab. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it must've been several people. No way one guy can do this in a lab. You would think so, right? According to the FBI, No. It was one person. Yeah, right. And they got him. <laughs> yeah, right. They straight up were like, "We got him, mm-hmm. boys." <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, clowns. We will. Uh, we'll definitely dive into this because the whole thing is really interesting about how you know, and in my opinion, allegedly, we'll say that that way. I don't get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> allegedly, next thing you know, Brennan's going to be off the face of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I did not kill myself. Let's put that out there. <laughs> yeah, now it's not now it's up uh, out in the world. So now we know. Yeah, if anything happens, it was the government. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but um, allegedly, they got the person. They figured it all out. They mm-hmm. cracked the case. And oh my gosh, you don't even know. There's some like real crazy crap in there, like. Uh, nobody really knows about the anthrax attacks, or at least they've heard about them. Um, well, it's probably so low, like low profile because of nine eleven just recently happened. You know. Yeah. So I'm sure not many people really focused on like anything else but that one circumstance or the one instance. You know, obviously it's super terrible what happened, and I don't know. It's like a perfect cover, you know, <laughs> to just start murdering people. It really was actually. It was a really good. Um, cover and a lot of people refer to it as the as the terrorist attack that got overshadowed by 9-11 yeah um and i just think it's absolutely um crazy because the 9-11 attacks they all happened in like the same day Mm -hmm. these attacks went over like the next couple of days weeks oh shit um and it wasn't for it took over I want to say, well, in order for the FBI to even claim like this was the guy that they they got, this all happened in two thousand one. Let's mm-hmm. know. They started claiming they got the guy in two thousand eight. Okay. 
And so the FBI, for about seven years, seven later. years wow. had no idea like who it was. And they were going on this wild goose chase. Huh. And they were assuming a whole bunch of stuff, um, which I was like, yeah. <laughs> that <God> seems, <laughs> that <laughs> um, seems wrong. It was actually really interesting because we're going to get to this guy, but I want to note they're claiming the guy who supposedly did this, that they're, they're claiming, um, his name is Bruce Edwards, Edwards Ivins. Um, and it's just interesting what ended up happening to him. But, um, I was listening cause, uh, there were several different sources that I looked at. You have, there was a Netflix documentary on this. Oh, there, there was, was a oh, cool. PBS, um, documentary, um, on it. Bill and then Gates. there was a, a book that I was looking at. Right. That's Bill um, Gates. PBS. I don't know. I know it's the public broadcasting service. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably so wrong. So, don't listen to me. I don't know. I'm wrong. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those three resources or those were the sources I kind of looked at. Mm-hmm. And uh, with PBS, they actually interviewed this lady who like worked on the case. Oh, wow. And uh, she was, I don't know if she's like an attorney for the FBI or something like that. But she said one of the most ridiculous things that I've probably ever heard like a lawyer say or some investigative individual and it was just well don't look at the facts <laughs> if you just look at the entire situation as a whole then all the evidence is going to push like this guy bruce ivins he was the one who did it and what? i was saying, no joke she's like you just got to look at everything and they kind of said the same thing again in the netflix documentary yeah. they're like you're trying to look at the Mona Lisa with a microscope. <laughs> yeah. Don't focus on the evidence. If you look at everything together, then you'll actually get the big picture. And I started laughing too because what a sorry excuse to try to like pin it on somebody. Oh, for real though. And the guy also like in the Netflix documentary, he's like, "Yeah, it's all circumstantial." And I was like, "Hold the fucking phone right there. You just admitted it's all circumstantial evidence. Yeah. You don't got anything solid. That's why the facts really matter." Right. Um and you know, it it got really super convenient for them at the end because, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it's it's all crazy. Well, I'm sure, at the, I'm sure at the end they were probably just like, I mean, I don't know. It's like when you're taking an exam or something, yeah. you know, you just, once you get to the end, you're just like, oh, I don't care what the answers are anymore. Like, I just want to be done with this. If it's like a 200 question exam, unless obviously if it counts a lot towards your, whatever, that's besides the point. But I'm just saying like, I'm sure at that point it was easier for them to find somebody that to like put the blame on Mm -hmm. rather than like continue to try and find somebody else, you know, just pin out on this one guy and call it good. Let's just be done. So then they stacked all the evidence upon him and just said, yeah, don't like you were saying, don't look at the, the microscope, look at the broad pictures. Exactly. (laughs) Stupid. And I, I guess technically I got a little ahead of myself, but um, one thing to like note when this first happened and when people first got the letter, because um, mm-hmm. there were several letters that were sent out um, and it was somebody like admitting it was a terror attack. Um, the first thing, because this happened right after 9-11, the first thing everybody was uh, jumping to is it's Al-Qaeda. It's <laughs> it's this foreign <laughs> terrorist group is going to get it. Oh my goodness. Um, and so... George Bush was immediately on the case. He came out with like this <laughs> statement <laughs> and he's like, we're going to get him. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the sentiment that he's really trying to push was we're going to get these terrorist bastards overseas. And right. The whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Especially right after nine 11, everyone's rooting for him. Like, Oh yeah, we're going to get the terrorists. Oh, oh yeah. For sure. They're going to be all about it. You know, for sure. George Bush actually, um, 
right after the 9-11 terror attacks and he was trying to be all like tough on war and all of that stuff and on terrorism uh-huh. um he actually had one of the highest approval ratings in like presidential history yeah dude natural like crazy not natural but obviously like disasters like that they bring people together so much it's insane like i don't know it's just crazy 9-11 i mean that's why so many people think it was fake you know that it was staged which i'm not going to share my opinion on that but <laughs> i think uh it's just I think you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find like a time that didn't bring the American people together in the last twenty years like that, like, like last thirty years. You know, it's crazy because everyone band together and they had one universal like focus: take them down. You know, they they mess with us. Okay, time to mess with them. Let's put all of our all of our like frustrations with each other to the side. Frustrations with other people. Let's just focus on that. Uh, for sure, it's going to bring the president's rating up, approval oh, yeah. rating for sure. No sh- yeah. Don't quote me on this. Um, I don't have like the facts in front of me, but mm-hmm. I feel like um, just from like what I've read in the past, I think he had like a ninety-five to ninety-eight percent like approval rating. Like people were pissed, and when George Bush was like being super tough on this and talking a lot, then. Uh, yeah, people got really into it. That's crazy, dude. I wonder. I want to take a peek real quick because I'm curious to see if that. Because I bet that's probably the highest approval rating. I would say so. I mean, it didn't last his entire presidency, right? But like, uh, it was it was pretty up there. I was surprised. Definitely fact check me. Fact check me on that. <laughs> um, I'd hate to to give misinformation. That's why I'm going to put an asterisk next to that saying like, yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take anything too seriously that we say, or yeah. at least that I say for sure. I'm a <laughs> clown sometimes. Just like always, I recommend people do their own research, find out because, um, yeah, you know, not only did people die from the terror attacks, um, in this, but as I'm going to get to later, the, the FBI bullied somebody into killing themselves. Of course. Yeah. They literally did, which was insane. Um, and uh, it's just, and they knew what they were doing from the get-go too um, mm-hmm. when they pulled this off. Um, and you know what? I'll say allegedly killed somebody <laughs> because I have to. Um, technically. Um, just like Epstein allegedly killed himself? Yeah, about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, for sure. Um, so anyway, just to kind of get the ball rolling and actually, instead of me talking about like a lot of random stuff, I'll tell you like a little bit more of what was going on. Yeah, for and sure. And so we received the, or the FBI finally received like the sample and they were looking into it. Um, and then there was another attack. And so once they started looking at these different attacks and they actually got the, um, started getting the letters from the a terrorist who mm-hmm. is uh, taking all of this credit. You know, Al-Qaeda actually tried to take credit for this, but oh, I'm sure. um, through some lab work, we actually, the FBI didn't have any, uh, they didn't really have a lab that they could use. Mm-hmm. And so they used this other lab that was run by the Department of Defense. The, uh, oh, it was, it was originally built to kind of create bioweapons. Um, except after the, I think it was after World War II, we kind of shut the whole thing down. So the facility that they were actually using and 
to kind of look at all this stuff and um, that they were kind of looking at vaccines and trying to make a vaccine is uh, USAMRID, which is the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases. And that's a mouthful. It really is. <laughs> Good thing they have like a little acronym for it. Oh, yeah. And so um, that was actually partially how they were able to figure out the first like because at first they they had the idea that it was al-qaeda right right it wasn't until they took it to usamrud and had some testing done where they found out this wasn't some foreign attack that came from somewhere else this was a homegrown terror attack like which is interesting how would they how would they test that to find out that it was here in the u.s um so there's two things that they actually found um the first is they were just they were kind of being a little bit of like arrogant douchebags. They were uh-huh. like, only here in the United States will you have the technology to do what you did to this <laughs> virus <laughs> or this bacteria. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> that was part of it. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. What When I saw the Netflix and the uh, PBS documentary, like, yeah, there was a little bit of USA, USA. USA. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <That's one. laughs> but um, yeah, they were claiming only the United States would be able to convert that into a powder. And mm. then they noticed it was also um, kind of a, oh, I don't want to, like a descendant of the AIMS strain, mm. which is something that is kept at USAMRID. And oh, very few like individuals or or organizations actually have like access to it. Exactly, huh. they don't really have um, a lot of access. It's a very con- very controlled thing. Yeah, I mean, it is a freaking infectious, deadly disease. Yeah, um, and so when they found that out, they ended up getting a lot more pressure because. You know, George Bush is there saying that they're going to figure it out. They're going to get whoever did this. Um, and so there's a lot of pressure there. And then, you know, everybody's American hero, the best of the best, Robert yeah. Moeller. He's the <laughs> guy who's in charge of the FBI at this time. Um, and I mean, if anybody's been paying attention the last couple of years, he's he's definitely uh, he's definitely a piece of crap. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's not the best guy. Um, but he was pushing down putting a lot of pressure on people to get this solved. I mean, especially after like 9-11 and those attacks, they yeah. they want to put on like this super strong front. Yeah, like almost a, a facade of strength, you know? you don't, They don't want to let the American people know like, oh shoot, this that was bad, you know? And now we have somebody killing people with anthrax. Exactly. It's like, yes, we solved the, the building crisis, the 9-11 crisis. We know who did it. Let's go get him. And then now it's like we have no clue who this person is. Right. Who did this. And I don't know. The whole thing was just interesting. So they kind of went along with their investigation trying to figure out who it was. And the first person, like, they really focused on and were like, this is our person of interest. This is who we want to focus on is uh, Stephen Hatfield. And so this guy just absolutely got like screwed over by the FBI because there was a group of agents who were working on this who were just straight up like, nope, this is our guy, regardless mm-hmm. of what any evidence says, regardless of this. Like there was people who were kind of split up on the whole thing. They're like, I don't necessarily think this guy did it. I don't think the evidence is conclusive enough for that. And they were just straight up like, nope, he did it. Wow. We're going to frame him. And so. And that was even that was 
Was this still going on after they pinned the other guy? Well, they haven't even looked at the other guy yet. Oh, shit. They started off with this guy, and they were all ready to throw this guy under <laughs> put the him bus. On a, put him on a cross, huh? <laughs> yeah. And so they kept saying out there in the news, too, they're like, yeah, we got the guy. We know who it is. We got him. And how soon after was that? Oh, shoot. A couple months, years. Um, He became the focus. It was a couple years in April of 2005. Okay. And, and that was, all happened in 2001? Yeah. And they supposedly caught the other guy in 2008. Yep. So even then, it took him four years to find a suspect. Exactly. Wow. And I mean, you got old, evil eye Robert Mueller breathing down your neck all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure there to get somebody. Find someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. This whole uh, this whole investigation was was botched, in my opinion. Um, Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly botched. (laughs) Yeah. and so you had this guy who, he was followed around. So even before like they named him as a person of interest, mm-hmm. they started following this guy around. They started doing their their FBI tactics instead of doing like actual investigation. They were more focused on intimidation. Hmm. And so um, this guy, they started to announce like, yeah, this is our guy in two thousand five, um, and they kept him as their guy till two thousand seven. And wow. then they threw in this other guy um, around 2008. So randomly, like a year later, they somehow have enough evidence to figure out, oh, yeah, this is the guy that did it, even though they've been trying to pin it on this other guy for six years. Yes, sir. Wow. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Your tax dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the whole thing was just, it kind of I thought it was crazy. It kind of blew my mind when I when I found that out that. And they were obviously even told the guy, they told Stephen Hatfield, like, no, like, we're going to follow you and tail you. And that they did. They followed him, like, almost all the time. Wow. And I think there was a report of the FBI actually ran over his foot at one point. What? Yeah. (laughs) What? Yeah. Absolutely insane. And I think this whole story is pretty crazy. And, you know, even more, like, nobody knows about this. Uh Uh-huh. Um. You know, I tried talking to my to my grandma to see if she knew anything about this. She just knew it happened, and I was like, "Well, what scared you more, nine eleven or this?" She's like, 9-11, definitely." And I was like, <laughs> "How? Yeah, <laughs> like you, like that happened all the way in New York City, and it was one day. This has been going on for a couple weeks now, and people are receiving this deadly virus in the mail." Right, that's terrifying. Like, you know what's interesting too is, uh, and I'm I don't know if you might hit on this, but just kind of quick thought. Um, <clears throat> It's crazy that it seems like it was overshadowed like in every aspect because of the because of 9/11 and then 2008 what happened in 2008 market crashed that's true <laughs> so everybody was like so not focused on all that stuff in between so it went from the US going from 9/11 trying to rebuild 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 and then they find this guy boom market crash perfect time to say oh that was him no one's going to bat an eye at it because they're all focused on, oh, shit, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my house. Right. It's huh. just the whole thing was just all a little too convenient right. um, for me. And, you know, if you watch any of these two documentaries, I recommend the PBS one more just because, you know, Netflix wants to get views. And so they they dramatize things <laughs> yeah. to a different level. Like, like I was telling you a little bit earlier, like 
they tried to make this other guy, Bruce Ivins, look like the biggest sexual deviant there was. Like <laughs> he had these insane inner demons. The, um, so it, he had split personalities. Like, what? <laughs> I wonder if like. It, I don't know. Like, it, 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 is there any validity to that? Does it hold any ground that he was some sort of like sexual devi- deviant, split personalities, anything like that that you know of? I mean, I'll kind of touch a little bit more on that when we talk about like Bruce Ivins, because you know, if you're talking about um, out of the whole things, like yeah, the people who got attacked, like I am so sorry for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels so bad. Um, like. Nobody should ever die like that because right. it is it is not a good way to go. It It's a painful way. But um, with like in regards to the um, investigation, because they talked about to a few different people, the FBI did. But um, Stephen Hatfield and Bruce Ivins just got absolutely shafted. Mm. Like the FBI just screwed them over so bad. Um. And also, like, during that time when, like, Stephen Hatfield was getting um, followed by the FBI, mm-hmm. um, they were trying to do other things. Like, they were trying to talk to his family, get them to kind of, like, turn against him, mm. friends, co-worker. And, and he, was he married? Um, I think he was. I'm pretty sure um, he was. I know he, yeah, I think he is. Okay. He had, like, a kid and stuff. Okay, so at one point, possibly was married, but he does have a family. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, they tapped his phone. Um, They were going through his email constantly. They were looking at anything they could possibly use to nail this guy, which, you know, in my opinion in a legitimate investigation, which I'm not convinced this was, um, you know, you would definitely do a lot more investigating like that for your person of interest. But I mean, you know, you name this guy on in 2005, like as your kind of person of interest and, you know, all the way until 2007 after that, like you think in about two years that you would eventually just be like, well, shit, we haven't found anything. Right. (laughs) Just Maybe. let him be. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, these guys, like, these FBI agents who were just convinced it was him had, like, the biggest heart-on for him. They were just like, <laughs> you know, this is our guy, blah, blah, blah. And um, in the investigation, good old Robert Moeller ended up uh, uh, taking those guys off the case and putting some new guys on there. And hmm. um, that's when... He ended up getting exonerated and something else that led up to it. And this threw the FBI off the most because their whole thing is about like intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, Stephen Hatfield, he ended up holding a press conference and in there he declared his innocence. And um, he was like, no, like I did not do this. I did not right. commit these crimes And that threw the FBI off pretty hard because here they are trying to, seems so big and strong and trying to get this guy to confess. And now he's saying in public, letting the entire U S or even the world who's ever watching know, yeah. like, no guys, like I I'm innocent. This. Exactly. Yeah. And since he went on the attack, like the FBI just didn't know what to do. Huh. They were like struggling really hard whenever they'd give like press conference or interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, the press would kind of hammer them on that. Oh, and really? they just would not want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> Dang. So where is he? Where is he? I don't know. If you want to continue, I'm just curious. Where is he now? Like, 
Ooh, I don't know. I didn't really look into what he was doing now. Uh-huh. Um, I know he ended up because they caused him so much grief and all of like the definition. Oh yeah, he sued the government. He got oh, a pretty sweet. heavy. Um, he got a pretty good sum of money. Oh, I'm sure that's uh, like when people are like falsely uh, incarcerated, and then they find new evidence, whatever, and exonerate them. Like, and then they sue. They get so much money. It's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. It's good. It's good for them. They deserve it. The whole thing's just insane because oh, the government's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The FBI bungled this information. It is one of this. Uh, this is one of the most expensive like investigations in mm-hmm. FBI history. Mm-hmm. Um, they spent millions of dollars on this. And one of the things, um, I guess, just taking a small like side off. Yeah. Uh, when they were investigating Ivan's... Um, they ended up draining an entire pond because they were convinced he had an underwater lab. What? <laughs> yeah. So they spent all this money to drain a pond. And then um, something else that was kind of funny um, was out of everything, once they drained the pond, they found this box. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sent the box to Usamrid to figure out what it was. And good old Robert Mueller was pissed when he found out it was just a turtle trap. that's awesome he was so pissed um (laughs) i wish i could have seen it yeah that would have been sweet but (laughs) just a turtle trap oh man can you imagine they probably they probably air freighted that cost them so much money to get it where it needed to go and testing like oh that's ridiculous oh they spent so much freaking money so much money that's ridiculous (laughs) just to drain a pond (laughs) think you have the underwater lab in this box and then it end up being a turtle trap. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I huh. just it was crazy. But Did it have any turtles in it? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I didn't see any. Uh, <laughs> I wish I would have. Bad known. trap. It's a bad trap. <laughs> Basically, I think we're just buried at the bottom of the pond. <laughs> Maybe he put anthrax in it just for them to open it. Yeah. <laughs> the white powder. Yeah, the white powder. <laughs> <laughs> Got all wet and turned into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 10 out of 10 this brilliant scientist <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so dumb like how how like unfeasible is that to think like especially such a high caliber of like a um what's the word like an association like the fbi to think reasonably think that there's a underwater lab like that's that's like some some movie shit. That's you what know? I was like, thinking. Like a cartoon. Like, dude, they have an underwater lab. Like, we have to drain it to find out what's inside. Like, that's ridiculous. Can you imagine being the FBI and, and truly believing that that's legit? That's a joke. It's a joke. Oh my god! I just looked up how much they actually spent on the whole thing. Uh, yeah, what? Three hundred and twenty million dollars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And they probably didn't even find the right person. In my opinion, they didn't. In my opinion, they uh they haven't. They allegedly got the guy. And they'll tell you they got the guy. And all the documentaries the FBI is like, we got him, boys. Clowns. This was him. But um, no, you didn't have the evidence. You still didn't have the evidence. <laughs> um Jeez, what a waste of time and money. Can and, you imagine having a quarter of that money? Oh my god. Yeah, I'd be set for life. Basically, yeah, I'd be set. <laughs> There's your social security. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, would you pay off my house? 
and then buy a bunch of other property, get that residual income. I'm set, bro. Easy. And then I'd start sending anthrax to people. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Don't don't come after me. No, no. It was just a joke. Everything tongue in cheek. Yes. Um, so that's basically about it for, for Stephen Hatfield. Now, um, now we hit round right after they drop Stephen Hatfield, they start looking into Bruce Ivins, who who worked at USAMRID. And he was one of the guys who Oh, um, so how why did uh why did they hop onto Stephen Hatfield first? Like, what made them think that he was this, the, like, the main suspect? Oh, that's actually a good question. I didn't really go too much into it. But um, when they found out it all came from kind of the same, like, flask, the same strain, the AIM strain, they started looking at all the different um, facilities that have access to the mm-hmm. AIM strain or have some sort of uh, variant to it. And um, I think it's really interesting, though, because USAMRID had one. Mm-hmm. And they submitted a sample um, along with a whole bunch of different other labs that submitted a sample. Yeah. <laughs> and this is actually going to come up a little bit later when, you know, Congress also shows a little bit that they're like, yeah, you guys kind of botched the investigation. Even Congress. Wow. Well, yeah, you have the, I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all these <laughs> different labs had to, had to send a sample and, um, you know, they didn't really have too much like luck with the samples, but they kind of, they just kind of decided like, Hey, this guy has access to it. Um, he seems like he would have the skill set to be able to, um, cause you know, the strain wasn't always in like a powder, right? It had to be converted into a powder. So they were like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to, he's able to convert it into a powder and he can do it. Okay. But, you know, it's interesting because like with both of these people, like both with, um, Stephen Hatfield and uh, Bruce Ivins, they they kept claiming like, yeah, they had all the expertise and they knew how to do this and, you know, they worked in a lab. They could definitely get this stuff done. Yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, you work in like a top tier, like medical military laboratory that specializes in biodefense and yeah. looking at different things like that. It it seems like it would probably be a lot harder to sneak out a deadly. Oh, like, for sure. Like, can you imagine the, the like surveillance they have in those places? Oh, they yeah. must be out of this world. Like there's no way somebody would be able to do something like that without like f- red flagging something, you know, like that's crazy. Huh? And you know, it was even crazier cause they're like, they have the expertise and even though they have access at work, they were also convinced that somebody could do it at home. But if you were to look at like all the engineering and all the stuff that went into it, it just isn't possible to do it at home. Like, you sure. would need none of these men had the lab equipment at their homes to be able to continue doing this. And so right. really they're just going off of the fact like, oh, these people have access to the aim strain. Hmm. They're the ones who did it. Well, um, and that's probably what hundreds of people that also have access to it yeah, with all the other laboratories and employees and stuff like Probably. I don't remember the exact number. I know at the USAMRID they had because um, they had like the specific bottle. They were convinced like it came from this bottle. And so um, there was only 12 people who had access for that at U- USAMRID and, you know, Bruce Ivins being one of them. Right. And he was actually one of the main consultants on um, the case even before then. Really? Yeah. And so it made it super convenient when they were like, well, shit. 
Stephen Hatfield. He, <laughs> we just don't have enough to get him. Yeah, who's but it going to be now? Who's been involved with us the entire time? Right. right. We have Ivans. But, um, yeah, they ended up doing some different stuff to Ivans eventually. They did, like, a search warrant. Um, they, he, I'm, he, all of his coworkers liked the guy. Mm-hmm. He was a little strange, but they're like, yeah, he was funny. I mean, he's strange, you know, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of awkward uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Um, and he had this, he did have, like, a weird obsession with, um, uh, a sorority. I think it was like Kappa Kappa Gamma or however oh, it goes. You nice. know what I'm talking yeah. about? <laughs> um, and, you know, he had a record of like breaking in to try and steal their code book one time. What? Yeah. That's kind of a weird obsession. And so they caught him doing that, but Netflix will exaggerate it and be like, well, look at this. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he had a hard on for this sorority. Jeez, I can't even speak. Basically, <laughs> and they're like, "Look at all these emails he sent." <laughs> and I just kind of sat there and I was like, "Dang Netflix, it's amazing that you made it this far." <laughs> um, oh, but it's even more ironic because they won't—they won't—they uh, don't mention in the documentary anything about the um, about the Congress like oversight committee who were checking to make sure like the whole thing was valid and yeah that it was realistic. Um, well, because then they wouldn't have. Well, I guess I, that would give them more content. No, it would. But I was I mean, gonna say it wouldn't give them a story, but that would be a better story, in my opinion. How can you sell sexual deviancy, though? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so they were they were just literally hammering this idea on Netflix. But um, the FBI took that, and it probably doesn't help. They had a whole bunch of FBI agents on there that they were interviewing. Yeah. Um. And so of course you're gonna get a little extra, but, um. So the FBI took all of that, raided his house, didn't find anything. Um, they drained his pond. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so find so anything. This is Ivan. Yeah, Ivan was the one with the pond. Oh, okay. I thought that was uh, Shirtliff, whatever his first name is, or <laughs> Hatfield. Sorry, yeah. not Shirtliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't make it super clear. I've been just kind of bouncing around a little bit, but oh, um, you're good. Yeah. So they focused on this guy. They. You know, and he he wasn't a violent person. Mm-hmm. He was never known to be violent. Um, but he did struggle with a little bit of um, depression and some other stuff like that. Yeah. And before they even really named him as, like, a person of interest and, like, focused on him and wanted him to kind of know, yeah. they met with, like, a psychiatrist um, or a psychologist, a mental health professional, and we we're like, hey, so we want to go after this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what we got. This is what we're thinking. Um, you know, we know he's a little bit like he struggled with him, this in the past. Do you think it'd be okay if we could do this? Can we do this? And well, what they ended up saying was like, you know, don't do it. Right. You could definitely push this guy over the edge by doing it. And Dang. the people that they were interviewing, or not interviewing, the people who were talking to. Um, the uh, psychiatrist, when they heard that, they weren't exactly disheartened. You know, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> they were happy about the whole thing. No, of course. And so... Um, if yeah, gonna, it keeps a person of interest in the, in the spotlight. Oh, for sure. Definitely keeps them in there. And, you know, if we want to throw in a little bit of conspiracy, it would be a little all too convenient if he did something... Um, after they all kind of 
kind of put all that pressure on him. Right. Yeah, exactly. And if somebody with like mental issues, you know, it just gives him more ammunition to pin it on that guy. Oh yeah. And they'll use that too. And so they ended up going, uh, more, I guess, into him. They started leaning really hard and they were just like, they pulled him into questioning and, you know, I feel bad for this guy cause you know, you like to think the FBI and the police are your friend. No. Right. You don't tell them jack shit without a lawyer. Yeah. Stay and so, silent. Information is ammunition. Exactly. And what he should have done is he, whenever he talked to him, he should not have said a, a single thing to him without a lawyer. He should mm-hmm. have got a lawyer immediately, but he didn't. Um, he trusted the government, which uh, is not a, a good idea. It's not recommended. No. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, he just kind of leaned into it even more, and he was like, okay, I'm going to help you guys, and just gave him more and more information, and they, in turn, took that information and were trying to use it against him, and they ended up getting a grand jury search warrant. Dang. And so they looked at his house. Um, they were able to go through all of his messages and everything, and, you know, they didn't find what they were really looking for. They never right. found any, like oh, we got him, like, nail him to the coffin type mm-hmm. of type of evidence, um, which was, which is crazy. But um, it's actually kind of sad what ended up happening. They they hammered him and they harassed him so much because that's what it was. There was no investigating at this right. point. This was just harassment, and they knew what they were doing. Um, July 29th of 2008, um, Bruce Ivins uh, committed suicide. Damn, dude. The government... The FBI, even after knowing from the psychiatrist or psychologist, not to go too hard on this guy and to kind of... just pushed him to the edge. Yeah. They intentionally pushed him to the edge. so messed up. And uh, the guy ended up killing himself. He took a bunch of Tylenol and, uh, you know, he... it You know, I shouldn't be saying this, but... um, (laughs) After you start to overdose on Tylenol after seven hours, it's you're basically kind of screwed. You have seven hours to get the help you need. Yeah. Generally, some people are different. Yeah. Um, but after seven hours, like, you're you're going to die That's unless you can get some, like, emergency transplants. But it's just several different organs you're going to need a transplant. It's right. going to ruin your liver. It's going to ruin your kidneys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, technically, like, we're not supposed to know this. <laughs> right. Not to give anybody ideas, but, like... Um, that's what ended up happening, and um, he ended up officially passing away um, August sixth. So when did he, when did he do that initially? Um, it was about, or I take that back. August sixth is when the FBI came out and were like, "We got him. This was the guy, one hundred percent, without a doubt." Hmm. Um, he he killed himself in two thousand nine, and it was just a couple days after. Um, and it is one of the most painful ways you can go for sure. Um, but very effective. Like after seven hours, people are just there like, we can't help you. Yeah. It's pretty much done. Um, and it messes up. It's just so sad. Oh yeah. And the FBI, they did it. Yeah. They pushed him to the edge to where he did this. Um, and it all worked out so conveniently because now that he's dead, he doesn't have to... He can't defend himself. Yeah, he can't defend himself. They don't need to do a trial. Um, and so they just announced, like, nope, this was our guy. We got him. And, uh, yeah, it's a game over. That's ridiculous. Cause they probably use that as, like, a again, just, like, ammunition toward, oh, well, 
If he didn't do it, why did he kill himself? Exactly. That's what they, they Which said. Which is just so shitty. Like He had a guilty conscience. Yeah, guilty conscience. So he killed himself, but we've also been harassing him for the last three years. Like, that's ridiculous, or two years, however long it was. Yeah, they were... They were pretty bad at this. And yeah. this is Robert Mueller's FBI. I mean, we still know the the great crack, good investigating they're able mm. to do nowadays. I mean, you know, when they were doing the investigation into Russiagate and all of that. Right. Um, just 10 out of 10, the best work <laughs> I've ever seen. If you ever get a chance to read that report, definitely recommend. Boring as hell, but like... <laughs> good read. Government sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Yes. Yeah. This old, is all alleged. Uh, evil Eye, Robert Mueller. Yeah. Sarum, or I've Saruman, or Sauron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> From Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, something that was interesting is after the whole thing was done, um, you know, our politicians, they're usually like one of the last ones who ever want to do stuff. I mean, they're pretty lazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but dude, I think I'd be a good politician. You think so? I'd fit in well. <laughs> I'm just lazy as hell. <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's a pretty easy job. I'd also have to be pretty sleazy though. Well, I, I hope I'm not very sleazy. Ah, who needs morals and values? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you right? work for the government. <laughs> when you're making hundreds of thousand dollars a year, <laughs> who cares, right? Basically, you get to spend all the money you want. I mean, yeah, and go to a little island. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> um, so what ended up happening is, you know, Congress wasn't, they weren't impressed. They weren't super mm-hmm. convinced. Um, and so they had the Government Accountability Office um, run an investigation. They kind of hired a third party, um, like, group to... To kind of investigate this right. and to make sure that everything was done right. And so what ended up happening, um, we finally got the long-awaited wa- long report from the Government Accountability Office. And they ended up finding that the FBI's exhaustive, cutting-edge attempt to trace the killer with matches of genetic mutations of anthrax samples at the time lacked precision, consistency, and adequate standards. Oof. <laughs> and that's from the third-party investigation. Exactly. This was a 77-page report. Um, and it basically was given the final word on the FBI's seven-year investigation. Wow. Known as Amarathax. <laughs> like, I guess Amarathax. that was the spat, the the exact, like, code name yeah. or investigative name. Amarathax. Amarathax. That's wow. weird. There's so Amarathax. creative. 10 out <laughs> yeah. of 10 words. <laughs> Um, so that's basically kind of a general overview. Like there's definitely a lot of other stuff that you can go in. I totally recommend anybody who's interested, watch the documentary, right? watch the, uh, watch the Netflix one too, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then read the book that I recommended too. Um, oh, what was that book again? The book was, uh, hold on. It was the 2001 Anthrax Deception. Anthrax deception. Okay, and so it I'll was put it on my reading list, one hundred percent. But just watch those two documentaries. Okay. <laughs> and so my biggest question at the end of all of this, because in either documentary or in the book, I just never really got a clear motive. Right. 
if Stephen Hatfield is the one who who did it, why? Right. Nobody can answer that. If Bruce Ivins did it, why? Mm-hmm. Still not a clear thing. It's not because he was a sexual deviant right. who was obsessed with sororities and whatever the heck. Well, even if throw. he was, like, what what um, what motive does that bring to the table? to just start sending anthrax to people. Right. Especially news organizations and politicians. Right. What do they have to do with that? Yeah, definitely. It's it, it was somebody that was angry with the way things are being run. Exactly. So my biggest question is who benefits from all of this? And that's when you div- that's when we dive into conspiracy theory type of thing. Um and we might just have to save that for another time or uh I don't know. I'll just leave everybody with that question. Why? Why right. would somebody want to do this unless they're trying to uh, create fear, which is the reason between behind a terrorist attack? But what motive would Bruce Ivins have or Stephen Hatfield? I mean, both of these people, by all accounts, weren't somebody super like intense. They weren't. Um, I'm gonna. I. They're not your classic emo boys where they're just like, oh my god. <laughs> I hate life and everything. Everything sucks. Like they weren't like that at all. They were just kind of normal scientists. And you know, the closest theory I got, um, because Bruce Ivins was working on a a vaccine for anthrax. Yeah. The, the closest anybody got to an idea is, okay, let's infect people with anthrax. So then I have an excuse to test out my my... vaccine, but that's still not satisfying. So, um, yeah, send in whatever you think, (laughs) <laughs> the reason is behind it and um and look into it for sure and let me know if you think the uh the government really had enough <laughs> evidence for this um because i think there's a deeper conspiracy theory cuz the sure. only one who really benefited from this was the fbi i mean 320 million dollars yeah that's crazy i wonder i wonder if all of that actually went to the investigation Oh, hell no. <laughs> I would love to see a balance sheet. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. You sent me an invoice, FBI. Basically. Ah, they're already going to arrest us next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't kill ourselves. <laughs> Not allegedly this time. For real, we didn't. We had nothing to do with anthrax. <laughs> I have no idea what it was. Yes, me neither. I am just here for the party. Biology is not my, uh, or microbiology is not my specialty. <laughs> Can't say I've ever taken a class on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it, guys. I um, did take a class on microbiology, but oh, it was a general, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I allegedly took a class. Allegedly, yes. Allegedly <laughs> took a class. I don't know, Brandon. This sounds like we need a, we might need a part two. And listen to some more of these conspiracies like to get into some of these uh, ideas that people have come up with. Yeah, for sure. I would, I think it definitely warrants a, a part two. But um, that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. <laughs> All right. Just some final thoughts. Um, if you have any questions or any suggestions about the show, please uh, email us at... Uh, shadow.valleypod at thedogenetwork.com. And um, I'll look forward to go through your emails and to kind of see what kind of feedback you guys have. And you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you.